0: Hello, and welcome to Yoga for the Revolution, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. A couple of weeks ago, to celebrate the first anniversary of this very show, I asked you guys what you might want to hear more about in the coming episodes. And one of the things I heard loud and clear were topics in and around food, nutrition, Eating, lifestyle, what do I eat? What's the yogic thing to eat? Ah. So it's a tough topic for a number of reasons. And I'll say this. I am not a nutritionist. I am not a dietitian. I am not a health coach. So I'm not going to tell you that lentils are fine, but beans are bad, and nightshades are the devil's vegetable. I'm just not going there. I am a person who eats And will likely continue to do so. I've been a vegetarian since really I started making my own food decisions. I tried in high school, but I just ended up eating a lot of cereal and not a lot of vegetables. And I've been mostly veggie for the last 20 years. I think I had a phase somewhere around 2004 where I was really into tuna melt on toasted rye, so I ate that. And I still eat my mother's chicken soup. But other than that, pretty much veggie all the time. Do I recommend that for you? No, because I don't know who you are and I don't want to recommend anything. I'm going to get into why in just a second. In my life, I've eaten junk food and been fine. I have had healthy food and been great. I have had junk food and felt horrible and I've eaten food I thought was healthy, but somehow I managed to turn it into junk based on when I ate it and how I ate it. So just because someone says almond butter is good for you, pro tip, doesn't mean you should eat it by the spoonful out of the jar instead of a meal. There's something that I've learned. So instead of trying to recommend for you what I think you should do, I'm gonna return to Ayurveda. Ayurveda, as we've discussed on this show previously, is yoga's sister science, So for thousands of years, these practices went hand in hand, you ate well, and made your body efficient and healthy so that you could be an incredible, enlightenment-achieving machine. The idea being, if you're healthy, you can function better in life to attain your goals. Perhaps one of those goals is liberation. So don't be distracted by heartburn or digestive issues lethargy, or a distracted mind, and Ayurveda offers a system of approaching health to free the body and mind from those kinds of distractions. So even if your path is not strictly to obtain liberation, you could see how those principles of that system still might apply. Let's say instead you have a march to attend, or a workday to complete, or a family to take care of, a government to dismantle. All of these things require a highly functioning, balanced body and mind. And one of the things I love about Ayurveda is that it is trend-proof. It is no nonsense. It's about efficiency and not in a Soylent Green kind of way. It's about making the body and mind efficient. It's an incredibly simple construct with incredibly deep application. And we're only just going to scratch the surface here. As a reminder, the Ayurvedic definition of health is deeper and wider than a Western definition of health. When we consider what does healthy mean, we might think, as long as we're not sick, we're healthy. The Ayurvedic definition, samadosha, samadatu, sama malakriya, prasana atmindriya manaha, svasta idiyabhidiyateh. What we're saying here is that balanced doshas, and we'll go over that if you haven't heard that from me or elsewhere before, balanced digestive fire, the tissues, elimination, all of these must work in a normal state and be balanced. The sensory and motor organs and the mind must also be in a balanced and happy state. And that person, which has all of these things, That's called a healthy person. It's way broader than, I don't have the flu this week, therefore I am healthy. When there is something going on in body or mind, Ayurveda looks at lifestyle and diet. Somewhere, something in there is incompatible with health. And an Ayurvedic practitioner would look to balance the systems to achieve greater health. So lifestyle is huge. It's everything. When we wake, when we sleep, what we do, how we do it, what we think and feel about it, that system and it is one I adore and buy into, turmeric, Kool-Aid, and all, purports that it's all connected. Body, mind, breathing, eating, it's all connected, because how could it not be? And then to address the word diet, I just want to take a moment to note that word, because in this case, we're talking about what, how, and when you eat food. Food in order to become the most efficient human machine so that we then may practice efficiently towards attaining liberation, not towards looking good in high-waisted jeans or mesh-paneled yoga pants or whatever. To this end, I have to say, what and how and when to eat in order to stay healthy must be informed by self-inquiry. Must. No one can tell you exactly what to eat and how much of it to eat. We have billion-dollar industries built around exactly that. And the reason why, well, there, there are a bunch of reasons why. One is our lifestyle has gotten so far away from living with the earth that we forget. We've simply forgotten. We have all these choices, all of these options of what to eat and we forget that back in the day we ate what was around and i think a desire to go backwards and remember our roots really fuels a lot of current nutrition trends like paleo let's go back and only eat what cavemen ate to be fair i know some aspects of paleo are a little more nuanced than that so you, know, you can put away your texting thumbs Suffice it to say, we're removed from the earth. I think we can all agree that is true. We're removed from knowing what comes out of the ground when and how to eat that which is provided for us by the earth. We have way more choice now. Plus, science. Science is what gives us so much choice. And science also confuses us because of the way the scientific or nutritional community approaches and studies food and its effects. How many times have you seen a headline that says coffee will improve brain function or give you a heart attack? And every other day, it's coffee is good, no it's bad, or chocolate is great, or wine, or coconut oil is bad, and it's all taken out of context. Most of these studies are looking at one element of a food, one molecular chain in an entire whole food and studying how that one thing acts and reacts without looking at the whole food or the whole organism that is ingesting that food. So that's also confusing. And honestly, I think it's perfectly okay to say, I need help making these decisions and to talk to someone about what they recommend. But at the end of the day, you are the one in your body and it is incumbent on all of us to freaking pay attention. Eat yogurt, don't eat yogurt. Who can say? Well, you can. Stop eating yogurt for a month and see how it feels. Start eating full fat yogurt and see how that feels. It requires contemplation, commitment, and care. There is no quick fix. I feel like I say that a lot. I must believe it. I think I also say it because I still want it to be true. Even I, with all of the wisdom that's been imparted to me, still sometimes want to just have three smoothies a day and be done. Have that be the answer to optimal health. I want to put certain powders in my drink and have that be the magic elixir. But part of the reason why I talk about the lack of quick fixes and the commitment, contemplation, and care that must go into our own health is because it's a message that's worth hearing over and over and over again because we have a whole society of messages repeating just the opposite. So follow guidelines and wisdom from others, sure, as a starting point, but then you need to take it into your own hands. You need to know what's happening in your own body. And that's a challenge for a lot of people. For most of us, it can be really intimidating. So I'm going to talk about how we eat, and how that can help us decipher what feels good or right. Okay, so let's run a quick, quick, quick overview of the three doshas. And I'm going to include in the show notes here our past exploration of each individual dosha. There is vata, pitta, and kapha. Vata is cold, dry, rough, mobile. Pitta is hot, fleshy-smelling, Focused, pungent, driven. And kapha is building, nourishing, sticky. Something else that will come up that is important, we'll come back to again and again, is the Ayurvedic principles that like attracts like, and opposites balance. So when we start to talk about what foods might be best for us, it's important to keep the doshas in mind and those Ayurvedic principles in mind. Note also that Ayurveda is less a system about fixing symptoms and more about preserving balance. In our culture, we tend to fixate on making things right or better as opposed to balanced. And we sometimes use food to try to control or fix things in our life. The Ayurvedic approach instead is more focused on balance Everything is medicine and everything is poison. It all depends on how much and at what time and for whom. So let's start with the what, and we'll talk also about the why and the whom and the when and the how. Vata. Let's talk about balancing vata and why we might want to balance vata. Vata is cold, dry, rough, and mobile. There is a strong tendency for excess vata in the winter. Winter is vata season, it is cold and dry and windy. There's also a tendency towards excess vata later in life. Vata governs the wisdom years, and as we get older, we humans become a little less juicy and a little more dry, a little more airy. So we can attempt to balance vata in vata season and in vata time of life. Excess vata can also occur in a person who is predominantly vata, whose prakriti, the balance of doshas they were born with, has high vata. That simply means that that's the dosha that has a tendency to go out of balance first. Also, vata tends to be the dosha that gets out of balance first because it is in charge of movement. So if vata is cold, dry, rough, mobile, it is the only dosha that moves, So it's way easier to get out of balance when you're moving than if you're not moving in general, right? Not as a person, a person has to move and not move in order to be balanced, but let's say you're an object. An object in the world is less likely to fall over if it's not moving. Even if your constitution is not predominantly vata, if it's not winter, if you're not in the vata time of life, our world, our environment is highly vata. Most of us have a tendency to experience a certain level of vata derangement because our world is super, super, super mobile. People with a lot of vata energy or people who are experiencing a vata imbalance could be prone to conditions associated with that airy, ethereal nature of the dosha. So think dry skin, constipation, which is just dryness on the inside, anxiety, forgetfulness. So to balance this, we think about like attracts like and opposites balance. So if we're feeling cold, dry, rough, mobile, we lean towards a nourishing diet that introduces more of the grounding, moisturizing elements that are found in some foods, right? Think about what's available to eat in the vata season. Heavier, denser foods like meaty stews, and potatoes, root vegetables. Foods that will further aggravate an imbalanced vata are going to be anything cold, dry, and rough, like raw vegetables, dry grains, beans. A typical vata-balancing meal might include cooked vegetables, white rice, yogurt's fine, nuts and seeds, olive oil, sesame oil. Other good foods for vata are sweet fruits and natural sweeteners, Anything to balance that dryness and roughness of vata. Moving along to pitta. Pitta is hot, sharp, pungent. You might look to balance pitta in the summer, which is the pitta season, when it's hot. Or during the pitta time of life, which is roughly adolescence to menopause. Our householder years, where drive and focus and achievement are where it's at. People with a lot of pitta energy are prone to anything related to excess heat, rash, inflammation. So we would then only add to this heat if we're eating spicy foods, sour foods like pickles and yogurt, alcohol, caffeine, animal proteins. To balance, remember opposites balance, we would wanna eat cool. Think about what grows during pitta season, cucumbers, melon, pears. Use that balancing thought as a guide. Sweet and bitter vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, potatoes, white rice, beans, coconut oil, and some cooling spices, maybe like coriander or cardamom. Those can also help balance pitta. Kapha, the third dosha, is cool, damp, and sticky. Kapha season is in the spring where things are dewy and starting to grow and sprout. It's a very nourishing and building time. Kapha time of life is babyhood. Think about how many babies you know that have runny noses and ear infections pretty much constantly. That's what they do. Mucus is a super kapha thing. It's sticky. It's lubricating. As an adult, excess of kapha might lead to congestion in the chest, lethargy, feeling sluggish or passive, and all of that would be increased if you continue to eat sweet or fatty foods processed foods, or heavier foods like nuts and oils, dairy, additional sweeteners, you can help to balance kapha's heaviness with a food that gets us warmed up and cleaned out. A typical kapha-balancing meal might include pungent vegetables like Brussels sprouts or radishes, most beans like lentils and chickpeas, and pretty much every spice, but not salt because That's water retaining as well. Think of the greens that are available in spring. Dandelion, leafy greens, all of that will help scrape out any excess kapha sticking around in the body after winter. So that's a brief cursory overview of what, but it's not only important to look at which foods, but also how and when you eat them. Before we get to that, I'm going to pause here to say thank you. Thanks for listening to Yoga for the Revolution. If you haven't already, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Overcast. There's really no cast that we're not a part of. Although if you find one, reach out. Please do rate us if you haven't already. You can find all of our back episodes and all of our future episodes on yogafortherevolution.org. And you can talk to me on facebook at facebook.com slash yoga for the revolution or follow on twitter at y underscore f underscore t underscore r and look for yoga for the revolution on instagram if you're into that kind of thing so how we eat and when we eat kind of go together in ayurveda one of the most important principles of health is to have balanced digestion we saw that up top balanced agni or fire And there are a couple of key principles to remember to keep your fire stoked. Of course, we get really detailed and deep here, but I'm not here to prescribe anything to you, but instead just give you basic guidelines and tools to work with so that if your interest is piqued, you have a starting place from which to investigate further. Fire. Digestive fire. What do most of us do that might have an effect on digestive fire? We, as a culture, are obsessed with iced beverages. Iced tea, iced latte, smoothies, iced coffee. It's a lot of cold wetness. And cold wetness does not help maintain our digestive fire. So that's one thing. Ayurveda recommends avoiding cold drinks on a regular basis. Another thing is that we eat heavy foods late in the evening. A lot of cultures eat lunch as a big meal, and they take it easy for a little bit after eating and then go back to life. Dinner is lighter. Supper. Supper, think supplemental. It's not your main meal, it's just a little extra one. When we eat late, we load up our digestive system with a whole new job right before it hits the night shift, which is where your system heals and cleans itself from the inside out. Imagine if the night janitor is scheduled to sweep and mop the floor, deep clean the kitchen, but right before he starts, you have a no hands pie eating contest. He's going to spend the whole time he would have spent deep cleaning on this other more pressing new job of cleaning up pie so too with your digestive system so these next ones are also a factor i think they're pretty important one is a lot of us are afraid of being hungry so we eat too often which doesn't give our digestion really a chance to get through one meal before we pile on a snack or something else another thing that happens is we don't take enough time to eat or we're eating while distracted Eating lunch at our desks or eating dinner in front of the TV or the phone, and we're not actually tasting the food or chewing or paying attention to when we might be full. This honestly might be the biggest culprit. If we all just paid attention when we ate, I think that would really do the trick. We have a weird relationship to food, and it's too much, I think, to go into here, but we, and when I say we, I mean. I don't know, entire Western civilization, we don't always use food as like the thing to fill up the gas tank. It means a million other things, comfort, control, distraction. So I think the best thing you can do for your health food-wise is just to pay attention. Learn to know when you're hungry or bored. Learn to eat without doing five other things so you can actually taste the food. Some of you may have questioned when I was going through the balancing foods, like, well, what's a pungent food? Well, you're going to have to eat foods and taste them in order to be able to learn the distinction between the different kinds of tastes. What's bitter? What's pungent? What's sweet? You can figure that out. It just takes some concentration. Chewing your food is really important. It's the first step of digestion. You need to chew your food. And then also to learn to stop eating when we're done. And done is almost full. Done is not totally stuffed Thanksgiving, go lay down on the couch and pass out, you can't function anymore. Done is like three quarters done. Take the time to inquire about how you feel around your meals before you eat. What are you in the mood for? What might be the most nourishing thing to eat? As you eat, chew each bite. When are you done? One simple Ayurvedic trick is to pay attention as you eat. Most of us will have a little burp, not like a huge belch, but a little hiccup type burp. And that's when you know you're done. Your insides are saying, yep, we're good, full up here. When you're done eating, pause. Before you run on to the next thing, can you sit for a minute? Can you breathe? Ayurveda actually recommends lying on your left side, letting gravity help the food find its way, and then get up and move around. Let the limbs move. Let everything circulate. So I didn't tell you, hopefully, what you should eat and when you should eat and how you should eat it exactly because it's not my intention to give you the answers. Instead, I would like to encourage you to go a little bit slower around your choices, maybe, and follow really simple guidelines. It can be confusing to keep up with what's healthy now, what's not healthy, what's good for me, what's not good for me. Eat food. If it's food, it's probably going to be fine. An experiment, try eating a certain food for a while without changing too much and see how your body feels or try cutting out a certain food for a while without changing too much other stuff and see how that feels. Again, there is no quick answer. Most of us know the basics. You know you're supposed to eat food it makes sense to want to eat what the earth provides us. Do you have to get a plot of land and grow your own food? I mean, that'd be cool, but no, you don't have to do that. But you know, shop the perimeter or the grocery store. Take a moment to think about what might be in season. It's helpful. Nothing is a hard and fast rule. Even Ayurveda says, do 80%. Do 80% follow the rules. Leave a little wiggle room. Otherwise, our brain gets really structured and there's no room for happiness and pleasure in there. If you remember the Ayurvedic definition of health, it includes a happy mind. So I'm going to caution against obsession and rule following and encourage self-inquiry and care, commitment, and attention. Until next time. Keep eating, keep breathing, and live to fight another day.